0: Welcome back to the Well Said Podcast. My name's Andre, and I'm here with... Sam. I'm back for round three. I I always want to say Sam Hebert, because (laughs) I'm always listening to his music, but you're not Sam Hebert, you're Sam Sefzik. Yeah. And we just talked about the fact that your last name is most likely German.
1: Most likely German... Maybe Polish. We don't know.
0: Yeah. Well we're not gonna
1: to spend too much time trying to figure it out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> At least I know my my last name is Russian. Mm. You know, it's Bolanov, so or Bolanov, if you wanna sound more Russian. <laughs> but yeah, how's it going, man? How's the week been? You look like you've had a little uh low amount of sleep.
1: Uh yeah, a little only a little bit of sleep, a lot of walking through the snow, actually hiking across our property just to get to our vehicles. Because our driveway is was so snowed in, so yeah, uh, yeah definitely got a lot of exercise this week, and
0: it 's been a crazy week we We always complain literally this is this is so funny because we were at church last Sunday, and I come into church and we 're hanging out talking to people, and i 'm complaining about the fact that. We didn't get the snow that was promised. It, it was we were having this conversation oh, right before church. And during church, I turn around and I just look out the window and it's just white out. It's just like mm. snowing blizzard. And I was like, wow, the answer to my prayers. But then actually when the snow comes and it's like coming down, we're like, wow, that's a lot of snow. And then we look out the window again, oh my, that, that yeah. is a lot of snow. And then
1: you know, we don't really you know a, what to do with it. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you have a vehicle where you can actually drive around on the streets, like in the middle of town, yeah. it's so fun because it almost feels lawless. Yeah. Like you could blow down this road as fast <laughs> as you want and drift around there's nobody corner. there. No <laughs> one's going to pull you over,
0: right? At least probably not. You just do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's been fun. We had, and, and the crazy part happens also when it starts to melt. So you have a foot of snow and then it starts to melt and it's just total like slush. And like even the four wheel drive cars are really having a hard time. So it's been a crazy, fun week here in the Pacific Northwest with, um, what, is it? what are they calling it? Snowmageddon. Snowmageddon. 2019. Apparently it's like a record f- since like the 70s or something. We, we had a lot of snow. So I believe it. For those of you guys who are not close to our uh, Pacific Northwest area, we've had a lot of snow this past... In week. case you haven't guessed. Yeah. By our yeah, conversation. It's, so it's been fun. This week we were talking about a very interesting subject... Uh, that you probably got, you know, tied in when you read the title of this week's episode, and that is You Will Never Escape Your Parents. That sounds very ominous. Yeah, it's like an inflammatory title there, Andre. That's like asking for... We're we're being very provocative. Yeah, clickbait. (laughs) There you go. Well, we got to get in the traffic somehow, so you will never (laughs) escape your parents.
1: Well, yeah, one of the biggest problems of growing up is tension and disagreement with your parents, and... Uh, it's really interesting. We are actually talking about this on the last episode a bit, but the family is such an important structure, both biblically and socially, uh, yeah. because, I mean, the mother and the father and the children, it's how we pass on our definitions of right and wrong, mm-hmm. of social norms to the
0: next generation. And I feel like one of the biggest... I mean, it seems like, I don't know, almost everybody that I talk to, and I'm not... Like young adult anymore. I'm 28, so I'm I'm almost 30. But it seems like when you look at our personal lives, you break below the surface. This maybe starts even in the teenage years and kind of grows onward that there's always some sort of tension or challenge or Mm -hmm. conflict uh, or difficulty that we have in our relationship with our parents as we are exiting childhood and entering into uh, adulthood. It's almost a universal, right thing. Like, yeah, you have this problem, or your parent, or your friends have this problem. Like somebody in your life is struggling with their relationship yeah. with their parents.
1: I don't think anybody knows someone who hasn't had major disagreements or differences with their parents. Yeah. If you don't, then you need to get out of your
0: bubble. Right. Right. So why does this happen? Uh, why is it that so often this period of life when we think we are breaking free and kind of breaking out of the the nest staking out to build our own life why is it often that this season of life is full of such tensions with our parents
1: well yeah i think that as you grow up um as you come of age and of understanding, there's this constant intersection of what you know with what you don't know. Right. And as you go out into the world, you see things you don't know. You meet other people's parents. You see what functional looks like
0: uh-huh. or what
1: dysfunctional looks like, and you filter everything through that new lens of, wow, so-and-so had a very different upbringing from me, uh-huh. and I like the way that they were raised, but it's not how i was raised Inevitably, and then you have to come comparing. to grips with that yeah yeah we're wired to compare and that can be a good thing and a bad thing depending on the context but uh we're always comparing ourselves to others and here's and another the family's thing the family is no different
0: yeah yeah i think the other also thing is it's interesting i catch myself thinking about uh, memories childhood memories from family relatives and and now that I'm an adult and I have my own children, I am I am a father myself, I see those memories from a completely different angle because mm. now I see, oh my goodness, I was a kid and I missed this and that. Um, I didn't see what was going on with that person. Like As a kid, you are not aware of a lot that go, goes on in the adult world. But as you are transitioning into becoming an adult yourself, you are all of a sudden discovering a whole bunch of challenges and issues and imperfections in your own parents mm. that you were never aware of. And that is an unnerving process for a lot of us because it's like, oh my gosh, I always thought my parents or my uh, you know, relatives or whatever, the adults in my life are the role models and they're perfect. They're flawless. And all of a sudden we're entering adulthood and we're like, oh my gosh. like Wow. They're so immature. They're so or messed up. Messed up. Yeah. yeah. Why couldn't you be so better? So selfish. Yeah.
1: And you realize that your problems when you grow up, don't just go away. Yeah. You don't become a parent or become an adult and suddenly you're mature. You're capable of having kids or raising kids.
0: Yeah. It's a process. I think the other thing that I see going on a lot uh, in the lives of people around me is that um, for whatever reason, our parents are often not super good at launching us into adulthood. Uh, I, even listening on in, uh, listening to sermons on parenting... Uh, one of the things that the, this pastor that I was listening to was pointing out, he was saying, look, well, what is, why, why is it that we so, so often have these mothers who are calling their daughter uh, constantly after they're married and trying to get to know everything and, 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 yeah. and guilting them? Why don't you visit me more often? And like <laughs> constantly trying to invade mm. their new young adult life because our parents... Are not they're not parenting us oftentimes with the full life picture in mind, and they're not parenting the teenager with the adult in view. They're not parenting the child with the teenager or the adult in view, and so they are often blindsided by the fact that we have now become adults, and they don't know how to treat us. Uh, our parents don't know how to relate to us. They weren't preparing mentally uh, to relate to us as adults, yeah. and here we are. We they're are young to adults give up now. Their authority. Yeah.
1: And to ease back and realize that you have to make your own decisions.
0: Yeah. And celebrate our independence and mm-hmm. be like, I'm so proud of you. You're an adult now. You got to do this yourself. Push them out of the comfort zone. Right. So a lot, of, a lot of times our parents, and I'm sure I'm probably going to have these struggles when I'm, when my kids are older, but you know, for, for whatever reasons, different reasons, parents often have a really hard time launching their kids into adulthood. Oftentimes it's the opposite. The kids are trying to launch into adulthood and the parents keep uh snagging a rope onto the plane yeah. and pulling it back down. Hey, why don't you come back? Hey, why don't you visit? Hey, why are you moving away? Mm. And it's like, don't you don't you understand they're not a child anymore? Like right. this God created for them to become their own people. Uh but this is really hard for a lot of our parents. So, this creates a t- a ton of tension uh, be- between that and between you growing up as an adult and looking at your parents and being like, wow, my parents are profoundly imperfect their spiritual immaturities, challenges, gaps in their knowledge. Um, and, and you look at that. And I think for us, it's one of the most difficult things, right? To yeah. to see the sins and struggles of, of the older generation, the generation that you've always looked up to. Right. Yeah. And as
1: you go out in the world, you as you, of course, compare them to other people, you see those sins and struggles in greater context. But yeah, the problem is that we think often that distance will just solve these problems. Like if I just move away from home, they'll go away. Right. And and when we say problems, that's a very broad thing. Everyone has different disagreements with their parents. Some people, it's serious though. You may come from a household of abuse and neglect and emotional manipulation, whatever it may be. Uh-huh. And just moving away
0: often doesn't solve those problems. It just isolates you. Right, right. I think that's where when we in our title, when we're saying you will never escape your parents, I think there's this mindset oftentimes that, man, you know, this place is so messed up, or this how this home is so not perfect, or this family is so not perfect, and I'm going to just um build my own life. I'm gonna get out and do my own thing. I'm gonna put some distance between this and I'm going to be my own person, I'm not going to be, or maybe a very common thing, right? I'm not going to be like my parents. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm that's, not going to be like them. I'm going to be different. So when we think that we can just claim that, and we can just break out of the nest and fly free and do whatever we want and become whoever we want unhindered, um, that's simply uh, just inaccurate. That's just not how... Um, reality works. Now, yeah. the reason, why, why is it? Why is it that we often have this mindset that um, um, this mindset that we can just break out and be our own person? Where does that idea come from? Because if you talk to somebody maybe 100 years ago in the same place, um, probably well, yeah. wouldn't have that many dreams that are that type right like 100 years ago you talked to a 20 year old and he's probably not you're, you're you're very unlikely to hear something like you know i'm just gonna break out of this messed up home i'm gonna be my own person i'm gonna build my own life i'm not gonna let anybody tell me what i'm gonna be right
1: yeah well part of it i think is our culture's move toward postmodernism, yeah. and the rejection of a meta-narrative in other words a big story there's mm-hmm. only your story there's little stories there's your interpretation and you can be whatever you want do whatever you want go wherever you want and while it's true we have a lot of options in today's society, um, it's not entirely true. You, no man is an island, as it's said. Right,
0: right. Who's that? John Donne or something? I, Some, I don't even this, know. This is like an ancient yeah. poet. No man is an island. But yeah, yeah, So it's like there's this doctrine almost of today's world, of today's culture, of the radical autonomous self. Like me and myself, I and I am a separate entity. I am a island that can exist all on its own. And it's this, um, I think if you summarize the the, the core belief of our world today, this notion of autonomy, or if you don't understand the word autonomy, it it means uh, independence or not uh, depending or not um, needing anything outside of itself. Autonomous means self-sufficient. And I think uh, this idea of radical Personal autonomy is one of the strongest, most core ideas of our world today. Nobody tells you what you can be. You decide what your dreams are. You decide what you want to be. And don't let anybody stop you. And don't let any tradition or family or culture or idea get in the way of what you want to be. That's, that's a doctrine that is, is, is seeped into our, our our skin, into our bones from from the, for the past twenty years, all of us, you know, yeah. if you live in this Western world, you're you're here. This idea, this radical autonomous self, is um, is constantly washed through your brain. So, is this possible? Uh, is it possible to just turn over a new leaf and become a new person? And why not? We are so inevitably shaped by our
1: upbringings, by the habits that we form as children. When you have nothing else to look to, you look to your parents or whoever you were with at the time, and you develop those habits. And for some people, uh, you know, violence and abuse are the daily currency that they were used to using in their own homes, and they carry that with them into adulthood. Mm-hmm. You can become a different person, a new person through the gospel of Christ, first of all, and second, by spending time with people who model correct behavior
0: yeah, and who live by the truth. I think that this is something that we're often so unaware of, this idea uh, that our surroundings shape who we are. So Mm. even, this is so ironic, think about this, like um, the the postmodern progressive vision of your personal life and your personal dreams. The interesting thing is that the culture around you is telling you to believe this idea. So they're telling you to be independent. Be autonomous. Be autonomous. Listen to us, listen to what we're telling you to be autonomous. So actually, you're not being autonomous in that moment that you're listening to the culture because you're mm-hmm. depending on the culture. Exactly. Because the only way you got that idea of being autonomous is because you you depend on the culture around you. You do, yeah. And you're you, always depending. You're always drinking from some sort of cistern of life, some sort of source of, of yeah. that that feeds your soul, your view of the world. You're always soaking up like a sponge. Right. You're never producing anything new. And really, that's what culture is. I mean...
1: Right, It's those deep-rooted beliefs and deep-rooted habits that shape who we are that were passed down from our parents. I mean, for example, if you never knew how to appropriately resolve a dis, or if your parents didn't know how to resolve a dispute, there's a chance that um, you won't either without anger and violence. If they drank to cope with their stress and anxiety, then you'll do the same thing. Those are all cultural things that we drink of and that stick with us for Mm -hmm. the rest of our lives.
0: Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a scientific fact too, right? You were mentioning there was like a a scientific study that was showing uh, brain trauma and its reaction to...
1: Right, yeah. So, for example, stressful emotions and situations. There is such a thing as repressed memories. Mm -hmm. And when you undergo a traumatic event as a child, often uh, those memories are filed away in a part of the brain uh, where they're not retrieved through your daily functioning, through your daily life. However they come back when you're returned to the same state that your brain was in, the same agitated state. Mm. So some people who have these traumatic memories that have been repressed, they walk into a job interview or an exam or a high-stakes situation, Mm. Mm -hmm. and those emotions just come rushing back. They start hyperventilating. They can't take it. So the truth is that your family shapes you, whether you realize it or not. And you can never escape that. It's literally in your body. Yeah, it's a matter of of biochemistry. It's hardwired away in your brain. Mm -hmm. And you don't deal with it by running away from it.
0: Yeah, and I think that's... There's no... What what this whole discussion starts to really highlight is um, there is no way that you can take a difficult part of your life and your past and just package it up into a box that says you know, junk and throw it into the attic of your soul and go on living your life as if nothing happened. There's, that That is impossible. Um, yeah, there's no you, trash folder in your yep, brain where yep. you can just throw things away. The the better, better analogy is more of a wound. It's like, oh, this wound, it, it, I'm just going to put a lot of bandages on it. Mm. Well, it's just going to get worse. There's There's no way forward until there's... A active healing right. process you applied to the, the wound. wound. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing. So what I, what I, I don't know if you guys have heard um, Andy Minio's song called "Family Photo." Andy Minio is a Christian hip hop artist. Um, I love this song because he, this song basically details the story of how he had this, uh, basically how his uh, his wedding day happened and how his dad did not show up to the wedding and, um, and how he's working through the painful emotions Mm -hmm. of the fact that his dad was never really there for him. And the fact that, um, this pain, even though he is now an adult, he's getting married and he's uh, a professional, he's building a a successful career in hip hop. And and he's a creative, he's an artist. All this stuff is going, like he's deep into his twenties, you know, all these things. He's moved on, right, on the outside. It's like, wow, look at look at this guy. He's so successful. But what I love in this song is he starts to unpack this stuff, and he says, no, when you bury emotions, the only thing that happens when you bury these difficult, painful experiences, the only thing that's going to happen is they're just going to come back stronger, and they're going to come back sooner or later. Yeah. You're never going to escape them. They want to be noticed, and they have to be noticed. Yeah. They yeah. have to be dealt with. Yeah, that's how the heart is. The, the human heart is one whole thing. Now, and your body, your mind, your emotions, your will, it's all connected to what the Bible calls the heart. It's the the center uh, of your humanity. Mm. Um, And the heart has wounds that must be worked through. So, but but what does this mean though? So I guess maybe the person listening might be like, okay, Sam, I'll never escape my parents. So what does that mean? So if I have have parents who have Major issues. Uh, does that mean that I just stay with them and listen to what they say and obey hmm. everything they do? You know, tell me to do
1: right. Especially in the Christian and more conservative community, you have a lot of varying opinions on this. Right. Um, you know, based on Bible verses that sometimes we don't fully understand the context of what they're saying. Uh, for example, children obey your parents or submit to your parents. Right. Who's a child? Right. Who's an adult? You know, does that mean that if you are an unmarried person, are you a child that's supposed to submit to your... I mean, I, I've known people who, are, who have 30-year-old daughters who still live at home and just submit to their father, and they never get the chance to even develop as an adult.
0: Right. Interesting. So, so by that criteria, though, then, the Apostle Paul was supposed to stay Yeah, because he was single. Because right. he was single. He wasn't <laughs> married. Uh, Jesus... Jesus should have stayed home and listened to Mary uh, and never started his ministry because Jesus was around 30 years old and unmarried. And celibate, right. Yeah. So was he supposed to stay home? And so obviously the point is that, of course, there's a limit. So mm-hmm. when the Bible tells you that you must obey your parents, of course you must obey, you must respect. But um, th- there is such thing as a, a single adulthood. Uh, there's such a thing as personal responsibility for your own life. Mm, and yeah. you, as as you're growing up, you have to... And this is really hard oftentimes, I think, for single young adults because it's so hard for us. If you don't have a relationship, if you're not engaged in getting married, th- that oftentimes emotionally pulls you out of the house. It pulls you away from your right. parents. But if you don't have that, oftentimes a lot of young people are, are, are stuck under the shadow of their relationship with their parents Mm. and they cannot see their, their adult life beyond that. They just, they can't envision it. And sometimes one of the biggest things that they need, first of all, is to say, look, you're an adult. You are your own adult before God. God has called you to a life of discipleship and, and faith. And, and you are not responsible to be a parent and to take care of your parents, uh, to, to deal with all of their problems, as if they are your burden exclusively 100% because God has called you to step out and be an adult right. outside of that home, right? And that's really hard, right? To, to really realize, oh my goodness, um, you know, you're 25, 24, 23, whatever. That, you're not a child anymore. You're an adult. And you need to learn to think that way before God, before his word, and before your sense of identity uh, in light of the gospel. You know, Like, what? who am I? moving forward. The other thing I think important to note here is that sometimes distance is necessary, right? When you have tense relationship with your parents and um, unresolved disagreements, sometimes it's helpful to put a little bit of distance to help yourself kind of break out of the bubble and to work through the problem and look at it biblically and to not be so emotionally engulfed in it. Um, So when we say you can never escape your parents, that does not mean you have to physically be in the same home as them. I think sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's good to put some distance because the point that we're making is that the relationships and the struggles that we have with our family, they must be actively dealt with, faced, not compartmentalized and forgotten. Everyone is commanded
1: to honor their parents. Children are commanded to obey their parents. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think
0: that's a really important point. That's an important distinction. Yeah. You're an adult. You can still honor your parents. But when you're an adult and you are your own individual, you live a life outside the home, mm-hmm. you, you're, you are not commanded to obey your parents. You're not a child anymore. Exactly. I think, so so as we're thinking through this, right, where does Jesus come into the equation? Let's talk about some uh, biblical principles of healing, working through this really... Uh, often complicated and dense struggle that we have. Where do we start?
1: Yeah, some people just have a very difficult time with the entire idea of God the Father because Hmm. they never saw what a father was supposed to be Hmm. modeled for them on earth. So you know, if you go to church and you sing the song, what is it? He's a good, good father. I've heard people who just can't relate to that. Hmm. They don't know what a good father is. So when our life on earth, our families are supposed to be a reflection of something even better in heaven. Right. And when that doesn't take place, it warps our entire human perspective.
0: Yeah, yeah. So instead of looking at your earthly family as a shadow uh, of the ultimate family that you have in God, you do the other way around, right? Mm -hmm. You look at the family that you have in God— and th- through the imperfections through the of your yeah, your, through the crippling brokenness family. of your earthly family, so so the first step then that we need to be doing is to be acknowledging and looking like realigning your view of God. Ultimately, all of fatherhood and motherhood is bound up in the reality of God. You know, all all fatherhood and motherhood is derivative of who God is. To us as creatures, like He is the ultimate Father. Oftentimes, I think that we, th- when we look at the Bible, calling uh, God Father, we think that the Bible is borrowing from a human reality to to, to use mm. a metaphor. So we think that God is borrowing from our life right. to help us understand him. When it's like, wait, wait, no, no, no. We're
1: modeled after Yeah, it's his the life. other
0: way around. Exactly. The only way the only reason that human fathers exist is because there is a heavenly father who exists. Right. And earthly fathers are supposed to point you to the reality of a heavenly father. Same yes. thing with marriage. The only reason that marriage exists, marriage is is an echo. It's 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 a taste of the glory and wonder of the relationship of between God and his people, mm. the love and intimacy. So when you realize God is ultimate family, God is, first of all, the ultimate father. Your earthly parents will never be perfect. But oftentimes, and I see, I think I see this a lot, young people will struggle with the sins of their parents. And, 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 it, and they find right. it so... Right, generational
1: sin is a real thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. And why? Because they look at their parents... And there's this painful, painful kind of repeating question. Why, why couldn't you have been better? Like, why did you have to be this way? Why couldn't you have loved me better, affirmed me better, been present for me more? Uh, why couldn't you have fill in the blank? The reason we're stuck there is because we're still looking to our earthly parents to satisfy a longing that only our heavenly father can fill. Right. Only God can be the perfect father. When you find the satisfaction and acceptance and unconditional love and affirmation that your heavenly father has for you, you can then give your family here on earth the freedom to be imperfect sinners. You're not going to try to destroy them uh, because why couldn't you have been this? You know. So if we're thinking practically, you know, like somebody who's in a difficult situation, how would you summarize this, Sam? Right,
1: yeah, uh, you're kind what of sitting you, here what, what thinking, what do you do? This is all good, interesting stuff, whatever, but how do I actually have real change in my life? Right. And that's a super good question. I'm not a counselor, neither are you. Yeah, so we can't, we're just We're friends. not telling you what to do. Yeah. Um. But we think that there are three things that are really important. The first is obviously to study the Bible and to study God's model of a good family and Mm -hmm. to understand that in the context of our life, in the context of the church, in the context of eternity and spirituality. Mm -hmm. That's so important. And that's the first step. But the second step, um, often for some people is distance, Mm -hmm. like we were saying, but if you just, if your distance is solely for the purpose of getting away, then you fall back into the same bad habits Mm -hmm. that you learn from your family so you have to surround yourself with a community of people who function in a way that is in accordance with the gospel who where there is accountability where there's love where there is support and you can see that biblical model on display all the time and this is with going... its imperfections
0: yeah This is going back to that idea also that you're never independent, right? If you break out of one context, you have to be searching to plug yourself into another one. You cannot just live on your own. Yeah, if you're without Christian community, you're not going to grow.
1: Then you're like we said, you're going to fall back into the same habits of your family.
0: Um, When Jesus was confronted, the interesting thing he was in a family heavy culture, mm-hmm. honor, shame, family culture. Yeah. And they come to him and say, your mother and your brothers are outside waiting. And Jesus says the most ultimately scandalous brother thing-
1: Brother will be turned against brother.
0: No, well, not, brother. not quite. He, in that text, he said this, another really scandalous thing. He said, who are my mother and who are my brothers? And he points to the people around him and he says, those who do the father's will. Right. So Jesus was calling people to a new family. When he was calling them to the church, and and again, when we look at the church, oftentimes as young adults, we see the church maybe as a burden, as an imperfection. We don't sit and think, "What has God provided me in the church, and what are the ways that I can take hold of those 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 blessings, those those privileges?" Um, and the simple reality is, you have to be in a healthy church community, right? Mm. You have to be in a place where you are equipped, surrounded, and you can grow in healthy Christian relationship so that you can be equipped and discipled to look through your difficult past and to work through it biblically, you know? Yeah. So seeing God for who he is, seeing the church for what it is, and to take part in the church, to live in a rich life of relationships and accountability and growth. And then
1: the third thing is be willing to self-reflect, to slow down. Some people run away toward a career or uh, another, just a job somewhere, a different friend group, and they're running full speed ahead toward that thing as a cover-up for what they were coming from. Mm -hmm. You have to be willing to slow down and address the past. It won't go away on its own. That may even mean talking to a counselor or a pastor and somebody who knows how to ask the right questions and help you deal with your past. And that is really the only way to ultimately address these things is to deal with them, not run away from them.
0: Yeah. I think just this is, you know, oftentimes we, we fail to even just consider, I don't know myself fully. Like none of us do. And and It's frightening how little we actually know about ourselves. Yeah. Like stop yourself and, and ask, ask, how little you know of yourself and your internal problems, your heart problems, Uh, how deep your heart problems Mm. run. And then you start to realize, man, I need help. And where you get help is not like the culture would say, run to a therapist and get a pill. The answer is not in therapy and it's not in, in a therapeutic model. The answer is in Christian community and the story of the gospel.
1: Yeah. And that is what gives us understanding.
0: Yeah. It gives us understanding and it gives us hope. I think that's the other thing that, you know, even if you're listening to this and you're like, you know what? My my relationship with my parents is great. I'm an adult growing up, blah, blah, blah. But I think what we want to challenge you today is to take a step back and take a long view approach and to ask yourself, what is the future of my relationship with my parents? You know, I think that's one of the things that I've started to get a little sense of this past couple of years, like nearing 30, you start to really realize that life, the, one of the beauties of life is that it, it really, it blossoms in layers. And it's Mm -hmm. really, the layers are very different from one another, you know, especially when you're in your early twenties, you think you're going to be there forever. You think that this is it, this is all there is. But then like a whole new section of life comes your way and you're like, wow, this is a new season. This is completely different. And you have to see that relationships, all of your big relationships in your life, they will all go through those seasons together. Mm. And because of Christ, the amazing thing is no human relationship and no human being is without hope. Like, if you are a Christian today listening to this, and you are in relationship with somebody who is broken and, and struggling... There is hope for that person because you are in their life Mm. and Christ has given you the truth, the power of the Holy Spirit inside you and guidance and and resources to bring grace to their life. So there's hope. There's hope in all directions. And if you take a step back and look at the long view and say, ask yourself 10, 15 years down the road, what does this look like? What is God doing here? It's pretty exciting to think about that fact that God is working through all of us to make us something better. Yeah, so that's, I feel like that just opens up a whole other can of worms, but it also helps us see the power of the gospel in another very important practical cultural aspect of life. So, thank you guys so much again for staying with us, for listening to us. And yeah. we, we love to hear what you think. So, send us your thoughts comments, uh, feedback, follow-up questions. We're working on some new avenues to get this content to you guys, working on video and all this stuff. So some cool stuff coming up for you guys to keep an eye out. In the meantime,
1: yeah, share it on social media. Maybe you know someone who has an issue with their parents who would like to hear this, or they know somebody
0: yeah, check us out. We're everywhere. Instagram, Facebook. Um, If you want to support the show, we've just recently created a support page on patreon.com and you can see the little support button on well-said.org if you check it out. Thanks so much for listening and we'll talk to you guys in a couple of weeks.